Today is Friday, June 18th. The title for our devotional is Love in the Christian Life. As we saw yesterday, it is worth noticing that the verb in both of the greatest commandments that Jesus mentions is love. Love is clearly central to the Christian life as it occurs over 300 times in the New Testament. Christians are charged to love God in Mark 12:30 here, to love one another in John 13:34, to love our enemies even in Matthew 5:44, to love genuinely in Romans 12:9, to abide in Christ's love in John 15:10. Everything should be done in love in 1 Corinthians 16:14. We are to speak the truth in love in Ephesians 4:15. We can never be separated from God's love in Romans 8:39. Without love we are nothing, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13:2. Of faith, hope, and love, love is the greatest, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13:13. 13, 13. I could go on and on. Love is to be central to the Christian life. Yet for reasons unknown, unknown we often overlook it. Perhaps it's just too sappy. Perhaps it seems way too simple. Perhaps it's too common in our culture today. Perhaps it just gets overshadowed by knowledge or charisma or holiness or something. But love is to be central to the faith, so central to the faith that it is, it is to be the defining characteristic of Jesus' followers. As he says in John 13, 34 to 35, he says, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another. And then this is scary. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. It's scary because when you think of how Jesus loved his disciples, he died for his disciples. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So this love that is supposed to be shared um, between the disciples and in the Christian community going forward is supposed to be the defining characteristic for the world to know that we are disciples of Jesus. I think I've sufficiently (laughs) emphasized how love is to be central to the Christian life. On Sunday, I challenged all of us to think of our homes and churches as schools of love. If the goal is to teach our children that they are loved and how they ought to love, how would that change how you parent? you'd likely be less concerned with your child's proper behavior and more concerned with their heart. You'd likely more, take more time to explain why Christ is so lovely and worthy of all of our love and devotion. You'd probably be more aware of how you speak to others in their hearing and how to correct them when they are wrong. If the goal is to become a more loving person, how would that change how you relate to your spouse. You'd likely be more concerned with giving to them rather than getting from them. The argument that you have would be an opportunity to practice repentance and forgiveness rather than an opportunity to prove your superior intellect and win an argument. Their quirks that just drive you nuts will be opportunities to learn to love someone who sees the world differently than you do rather than a bad habit to be stamped out. If the goal is to become a more loving person toward others, how would that change how you view church? That disagreement becomes an opportunity to seek truth together and to speak the truth in love to one another. That offense is an opportunity to forgive 
and to seek reconciliation. Visiting your friend with cancer becomes a privilege and a joy to demonstrate with action the inward reality of your love for them. If the goal is to love God more, how would that change how you relate to God? The Sunday gathering becomes an outpouring of collective worship with others rather than just a calendar item to check off the list. Private worship becomes an essential part of your daily routine rather than a, if I get time, item. Prayer is an opportunity to experience the one you love the most rather than a chore to feel guilty that we didn't do correctly or spend enough time in. Devotions are a moment to spend getting to know more about how God is so worthy of love rather than just another thing that you need to read. The medical issue that you have becomes an opportunity to prove your devotion to God through even pain rather than just an interruption to your happiness. When the goal is love, our entire perspective on life changes. For additional content today, I've linked you to an article by Preston Sprinkle called Love, Our Greatest Witness. I'd encourage you to head over there and give that article a read. Preston Sprinkle also does the Theology in the Raw podcast. I would strongly encourage you to check that out as well. Some really good content on there. For reflection time today, think through your closest relationships. Your spouse, your children, your friends, your family, your co-workers, etc. Think through the most important areas of your life. That's home, work, church, school. View these relationships and areas of your life as schools of love. For example, instead of thinking about how to just be more successful at work and keep your job, boost your resume for a better paying job later, think of your work as an opportunity to grow in love. How does that change your concept of work? If you're thinking of the work that you do as an opportunity to love God by doing the work that he has given you, how does that change your perspective of the work you do? You can love others at your workplace, even the person who just drives you nuts. Thinking of that as a school of love, how does that change your perspective of that person and who you are becoming through your interactions with that person? So again, think through your closest relationships, think through the areas of your life where you're invested the most and try to view those as schools of love. Think about that in comparison to how you currently view the purpose of those relationships and those places. How do they compare? What would change if you viewed them as schools of love? 